This is Bench Talk, the Week in Science. I'm Dave Robinson, and we have a special inauguration show for you today. On January 16th, 2021, President-elect Biden introduced his new science team, and we wanted you to know more about them. Not only are there some great scientists on this team, but the head of the group is now going to be given a new chair in the president's cabinet. This is the first time ever that's been done. This is such a contrast with the Trump administration, where the position of science chief actually sat empty for a year and a half, and the administration issued statements denying climate change and spread misinformation about the pandemic. Well, here is that press conference. It begins with Joseph R. Biden. Good afternoon, folks. I was telling... uh these four brilliant scientists as I stood in the back. In a way, this is the most exciting announcement that I've gotten to make in the entire cabinet, raising this to a cabinet-level position in one case. These are among the brightest, most dedicated people, not only in the country, but the world. Two of the most least-known departments, especially the last four years, at the White House has been the Office of Science and Technology Policy, and the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology. They're composed of some of the most brilliant scientific minds in the world. When I traveled the world as Vice President, I was often asked to explain, define America. What's America? And I was on the Tibetan plateau with Xi Jinping. And uh, he asked me in a small meeting, he he and I, we each had an interpreter, can I define America for him? I said, yes, I can. In one word, possibilities possibilities. I think it's one of the reasons why we've occasionally been referred to as the ugly Americans. We think anything's possible. Given a chance, we can do anything. And that's part of, I think, the American spirit and what the people on this stage and the departments they will lead represent enormous possibilities. They're the ones asking the most American of questions. What next? And what next is big and breathtaking. How can, uh, how can we make the impossible possible? And uh, they weren't just asking questions for the sake of questions. They're asking these questions as call to action, to inspire and figure out how to make it real and improve the lives of the American people and people around the world. This is a team that asks us to imagine every home in America being powered by renewable energy within the next 10 years or 3D image printers restoring uh, tissue after traumatic injuries and hospitals printing organs for organ transplants. Imagine, then rally the scientific community to go about doing what we're imagining. Using science, data, and discovery was a a governing philosophy in the Obama-Biden administration. And everything from the economy to the environment, to criminal justice reform, and to national security, and on health care. For example, A belief in science led our efforts to map the human brain and to develop more precise individualized medicines. It led to our ongoing mission to end cancer as we know it, something that is deeply personal to both my family and Kamala's family and countless families in America. When President Obama asked me to lead the cancer moonshot, I knew we had to inject a sense of urgency into the fight. We, we believe we could double the rate of progress and do in five years what otherwise would take ten. My wife Jill and I traveled around the country and the world meeting with thousands of cancer patients and their families, physicians, researchers, philanthropists, technology leaders, and heads of state. 
We sought to better understand and break down the silos and stovepipes that prevent the sharing of information and impede advances in cancer research and treatment while building a, a, a focused and coordinated effort here at home and abroad. We made progress, but there's so much more that we can do. We know the science is discovery. It's not fiction. It's also about hope. And that's America. It's in the DNA of this country, hope. We're on the cusp of some of the most remarkable breakthroughs that will fundamentally change the way of life for all life on this planet. We can make more progress in the next 10 years, I predict, than we've made in the last 50 years. It's sort of an exponential movement. We can also face some of the most dire crises in a generation where science is critical to whether or not we meet the moment of peril and promise that we know is within our reach. In 1944, Franklin Roosevelt asked his science advisor, how could the United States further advance scientific research in the critical years following the Second World War? The response led to some of the most groundbreaking discoveries in the last 75 years. We can do that again, and we can do more. So today, I'm proud to announce a team of some of the country's most brilliant and accomplished scientists to lead the way. And I'm asking them to focus on five key areas. First, the pandemic and what we can learn about what is possible or what should be possible to address the widest range of public health needs. Second, the economy. How can we build back better to ensure prosperity is, uh, is fully shared all across America, among all Americans? And thirdly, how science helps us confront this climate crisis we face in America and the world, but in America, how it helps us confront the climate crisis with American jobs and ingenuity. And fourth, how can we ensure the United States leads the world in technologies and in the industries? And fifth, how can we ensure the long-term health and trust in science and technology in our nation? You know, these are each questions that call for action. And I'm honored to announce a team that is answering the call to serve. As the Presidential Science Advisor and Director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy, I nominated one of the most brilliant persons I know, Dr. Eric Lander. He's a pioneer in his scientific community, principal leader in the Human Genome Project. It's not hyperbole to suggest that Dr. Lander's work has changed the course of human history. His role in helping us map the genome pulled back the curtain on human disease, allowing scientists ever since and for generations to come to explore the molecular basis for some of the most devastating illnesses affecting our world. And the application of his pioneering work has are poised to lead to incredible cures and breakthroughs in the years to come. I have uh, always said that the Biden-Harris administration will also going to lead, and we're going to lead with science and truth. We believe in both. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> this is how we're going to, God willing, overcome the pandemic and build our country back better than it was before. And that's why, for the first time in history, I'm going to be elevating the presidential science advisor to a cabinet rank, because we think it's that important. As deputy director of the Office of Science and Technology Policy and Science and, and Society, I appoint Dr. Nelson. She's a professor at the Institute of Advanced Studies at Princeton University and one of America's leading scholars, an award-winning author and researcher, exploring the connections between science and our society. 
Dr. Nelson developed a love for technology at a very young age, tinkering with the early computing products and code-breaking equipment that every kid has around their house. Uh, and she grew up within her home. <laughs> and that passion, it was a passion forged a lifelong curiosity about the inequities and the power dynamics that sit beneath the surface of scientific research and the technology we build. And opening the door to a future which science better serves all people. As co-chair of the President's Council of Advisors in Science and Technology, I appoint Dr. Francis Arnold, one of the world's leading experts in protein engineering, a lifelong champion of renewable energy solutions. Not only is she the first woman to be elected to all three national academies of science, medicine, and engineering, she's also the first American woman to win a Nobel Prize in chemistry. Her passion has been a steadfast commitment to renewable energy for the betterment of our planet and humankind. And I want to thank Dr. Arnold for agreeing to co-chair the first all-woman team to lead the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology, which leads me to the next member of the team. As co-chair the President's Council of Advisors on Science and Technology, I appoint Dr. Maria Zuber, now a trailblazing geophysicist and planetary scientist, first woman to lead the science department at MIT and the first woman to lead NASA's robotic planetary mission. She's played a leadership role in 10 NASA missions. Her groundbreaking work on planetary mapping has generated some of the most accurate topographical maps humanity has ever produced of the moon and of Mars. Not only is she an explorer of outer space, she's one of the most accomplished explorers in generations. And I'm truly honored and she's agreed to answer this call to service to help us chart new new courses of discovery. And finally, he could not be here today, but I'm pleased to announce that I've had long conversation with Dr. Collins, Francis Collins, could not be here today. And I've asked him to stay on as director of the Institute of Health and uh, at, at this critical moment. This is a team that's going to help restore your faith in America's place in the frontier of science and discovery and hope. Now, I'm not going to turn this over, starting with uh, Dr. Lander. Doc, it's all yours. Well, I want to start by thanking you, President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris, for your trust and the opportunity to help elevate science in the White House as we all build back better. I'm also excited to thank this amazing team that we're announcing today. They are an extraordinary group of scientific leaders, and I'm looking forward to working alongside each of you and learning from you. So over the course of my life, I have seen America take on amazing challenges to try to make the world better. And I came to believe that America and Americans could rise to meet any challenge. And as a kid growing up in Brooklyn, I saw America go to the moon, and I mean every step of the way, because my mother let me stay home from school to watch every single space launch. As a young scientist, I got to play a role in another remarkable mission, the Human Genome Project. When we set out, the idea of mapping the complete DNA code of the human being just seemed completely absurd. With the rate of progress at the time, it would 
have taken about 200 years to map one person's genome. It didn't end up taking 200 years. It took 13. And today, it takes just hours. And the Human Genome Project has had a huge impact. It's made possible to discover the biological basis of diseases, from cancer to diabetes to Alzheimer's, and to use that knowledge to revolutionize diagnostics and pioneer new therapies. Well, today, the opportunities we have and the challenges we face are greater than ever before. The president-elect knows that science and technology will be crucial in meeting this moment. And he has tasked us in this letter, and I don't mean just his scientific advisors, I mean the whole scientific community and the American public, with answering important questions about how science and technology can best be used to advance our health, our economic welfare, and our national security. He's asked us to rise to this moment, to draw lessons from the pandemic, to seek bold new climate solutions, to propel technologies that will create new industries and new jobs, to ensure that the benefits of progress are shared broadly among all Americans, and to nurture, replenish, and strengthen the scientific community. No nation is better equipped than America to lead the search for solutions, to inspire the next generation, to attract the best scientific talent from within our shores and from around the world. America's greatest asset, I think, is our unrivaled diversity. After all, scientific progress is about someone seeing something that no one's ever seen before because they bring a different lens different experiences, different questions, different passions. No one can top America in that regard, but we have to ensure that everyone not only has a seat at the table, but a place at the lab bench. And I am so excited about working together to extend the endless frontiers of science. Thank you. Thank you. Now we'll hear from Dr. Alondra Nelson. Good afternoon. Thank you, President-elect Biden and Vice President-elect Harris, for your trust, for your faith, and for this extraordinary honor. I am beyond humbled. I am deeply grateful that I will have the opportunity to lend my own experience and expertise in public service. For an academic whose work stands at the intersection of technology, science, and uh, our social fabric, there is no mistaking the power and meaning of the moment we are living through today. Of course, science and technology have permeated nearly every aspect of our lives throughout the course of human history. But perhaps never before in living memory have the connections between our scientific world and our social world been quite so stark as they are today. The COVID-19 crisis has inflicted extraordinary suffering but it has also held up a mirror to our society, reflecting in its deadly wake, resource gaps and medical disparities, the inequality we've allowed to calcify. And as new technologies take root in our lives, from artificial intelligence to human genome editing, they reveal and reflect even more about the complex and sometimes dangerous social architecture that lies beneath the scientific progress we pursue. 
Science at its core is a social phenomenon. It is a reflection of people, of our relationships, and of our institutions. When we provide inputs to the algorithm, when we program the device, when we design, test, and research, we are making human choices. Choices that bring our social world to bear in a new and powerful way. It matters who makes these choices. It matters who they're thinking about when they do. That's why, in my career, I've always sought to understand the perspective of people and communities who are not usually in the room when the inputs are made, but who live with the outputs nonetheless. As a black woman researcher, I am keenly aware of those who are missing from these rooms. I believe we have a responsibility to work together to make sure that our science and technology reflects us, and when it does, that it reflects all of us that it reflects who we truly are together. This, too, is a breakthrough. This, too, is an innovation that advances our lives. We have an incredible window of opportunity ahead of us to approach our science and technology policy in ways that are honest and inclusive, to bring the full strength of our communities, our experiences, our concerns, and our aspirations as we think through emergent forms of science and technology. There has never been a more important moment to get scientific development right or to situate that development in our values of equality, accountability, justice, and trustworthiness. Thank you. Now we'll hear from Dr. Francis Arnold. Mr. President-elect, Madam Vice President-elect, I am humbled and honored by this chance to serve the American people. At this moment of profound grief, but unprecedented opportunity, as an engineer by training, there's a certain temptation to see the work ahead of us as a series of difficult problems to be solved. But the truth is, that's not what drew me to this role. Like the rest of this extraordinary team, I'm here today because of love. A love of science, yes, but also a deeper love of our planet and of our people, without whom science has no purpose or meaning. I embarked on my own version of this love in the 1970s, beginning a career in solar energy at a time when our nation was in the grip of an energy crisis. In the years since, my belief has grown that our highest responsibility in each generation is to preserve our fragile planet. Science-based decision-making has always been our most powerful tool for meeting that responsibility, perhaps never more than today. As a pandemic rages, taking so much and threatening all that we love, we look to science and technology for answers. Technology to stay connected to one another, science to find vaccines and light our path out of darkness. As climate change looms, we look to science and technology once more to save this precious jewel of our planet so that we might pass it on to future generations intact and in good health. And in a moment of torrential divisions, science offers us a common shelter of facts 
and truth within which we can begin to come together and in time to heal. Science, once again, is not about cold solving of problems. It's a warm and beautiful exploration of the unknown, an expression of human curiosity that propels us forward and allows us to fulfill our most important responsibilities. The moment we fail to nurture it, we resign ourselves to living in the past and lose the chance to guide the future. It is an act of love, and I am honored by the opportunity to help nurture this effort. Thank you. Next, Dr. Maria Zuber. Mr. President-elect, Madam Vice President-elect, thank you for this incredible opportunity. Like President-elect Biden, I was born in eastern Pennsylvania, where I spent clear nights observing the sky. I decided to become a scientist because I just couldn't deal with not knowing what was up there. That impatience, coupled with our country's unparalleled system of higher education, allowed me to pursue robotic space exploration and live a life of discovery. Imagine mapping the solar system for a living. That's me. Somewhere along the way, I began to appreciate another dimension of science, to see it as a way to help people and advance our country. That element of service called to me just as powerfully as the night sky had in my youth. I have been fortunate to serve our country across each of the previous three administrations. I am proud today to be joining a fourth and look forward to continuing to advocate for science in a nonpartisan manner in this new role. I am thrilled with the challenge and the opportunity to work together with the scientific leadership of this administration to restore trust in science and pursue breakthroughs that benefit all people. That work is especially critical today as the pandemic continues to rage. Throughout this difficult chapter, my colleagues in the life sciences have proven through extraordinary sacrifice and resolve that science and scientists are part of the solution. And when the country needs us, we will be there. We will be there beyond the pandemic too, helping take on the full sweep of challenges ahead. I am honored to be a part of this effort and I can't wait to get to work. Thank you. And we'll end with Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Mr. President-elect, thank you for this. This is, I'm just, (laughs) the President-elect and I can nerd out a little sometimes, (laughs) but this is so fantastic. Thank you. And I'll tell you, I feel a certain kinship with the nominees uh, we are bringing together today because my mother was a scientist, um, an endocrinologist. 
and she was so passionate about science. Um, she basically had two goals in her life, to raise her two daughters and to end breast cancer. In fact, when I was young, I'd go with her to the lab where she would give me jobs to do. Uh, my, these folks will appreciate my least favorite was cleaning pipettes. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> but when you're the daughter of a scientist, science has a way of shaping how you think and see the world. My mother used to talk about the scientific method as if it were a way of life. And she instilled in me a fundamental belief in the importance of collecting and analyzing data, facts, of forming a hypothesis and recognizing that it's not a failure to reevaluate that hypothesis when the facts don't add up, of making decisions not based on intuition or ideology, but based on evidence. And today, the importance of that lesson, of following the science, of listening to the scientists, is clear everywhere we look. From a pandemic that has taken such a devastating toll, partly because our nation's leaders did not listen to the scientists from the start, to raging wildfires, record-breaking storms, and a climate crisis that scientists agree is caused by human beings. The science behind climate change is not a hoax. The science behind the virus is not partisan. The same laws apply. The same evidence holds true, regardless of whether or not you accept them. And President-elect Biden and I will not only listen to science, we will invest in it so we can achieve breakthroughs, from strengthening public health to tackling climate change to jump-starting job creation and economic growth. And as we do, we will also make sure we are investing in STEM education and the next generation of scientists, including women scientists and scientists of color, the team we are naming today will help us lead this work. These world-renowned scientists and distinguished experts are joining our administration because they believe in public service, in the nobility of public service. And they want to put their extraordinary talents to work on behalf of the people of the United States. By nominating them to these important posts, the president-elect is sending a very clear message. We are going to make sure the United States of America once again leads the way in science and innovation, harnessing the world's collective knowledge to unlock new cures, new breakthroughs, and as the president-elect always talks about, new possibilities for everyone. So let me close by saying this. A few weeks ago, I got the first dose of my coronavirus vaccine. It was the Moderna vaccine, and it was developed with NIH, the National Institutes of Health, by a team that was co-led by a 34-year-old black woman by the name of Dr. Corbett. So I have a message for all the little girls and boys out there who dream of growing up to be a superhero. Superheroes aren't just about our imagination. They are walking among us. They are teachers and doctors 
and scientists. They're vaccine researchers like Dr. Corbett. And you can grow up to be like them too. So let's dream big, lead with conviction, and see ourselves, each one of us, as the superheroes of tomorrow. Because the beauty of science is that it is about the pursuit, as has been talked about, about what we can do to improve the human condition, to lift people up, to see what can be unburdened by what has been. So to the young people, our young leaders, see yourselves that way and pursue your dreams, not only for your sake, but for ours, because our country needs you. That was the press conference held on January 16th, 2021, which introduced the Biden administration's new science team. Thanks for listening to Bench Talk the Week in Science. Happy inauguration and see you next week.